Yo, hello again for another reason. That's what we hear. Um, just giving a quick shout out to Matthew Movement. We got a lot to talk about today. A lot to talk about. Can you lose your salvation? Ooh, another topic to discuss that's not really talked about in the church that much. But when it is, I mean, a lot of people usually have questions. Some have doubts. Well, a couple of weeks ago, uh, we had small group at my church, and that was a topic that came up. And um, it was a good debate. It was a good debate. People brought some some different positions, which is what we'll try to do today. Um, but quick shout out, Matthew Movement. Uh, wear what you believe. Visit MatthewMovement.com. They are our sponsors for today. Uh, we have a special guest in Ooh. the building. What up? Larry Birthright. Give it up. Yeah, <laughs> Larry. <laughs> Triumphant music in the building. So excited. <laughs> so excited. Glad um, to be here, man. Very yeah. exciting, man. And I think he brings a, a, a certain level of expertise in the realm of, uh, of this topic. And mm. so definitely wanted to, to have him here. Uh, very excited. You, you're overpromising, man. I was trying to get him <laughs> in. I was trying to get him in for conspiracies, but okay. he said, "No, I'm good. I'm good." So hey, he can come back for conspiracies. <laughs> he can come man. back for conspiracies. <laughs> um, so yeah, so let's dive right into it. Um, you know, we have a lot to cover, and so I think one of the things that has uh, separated the church at large, um, you know, has been this topic. You know, there mm-hmm. there is. There is good debate, I think, within the body of believers that um, that opens up people to talk about different controversial topics in Scripture. There's a few of them. You know, you have the gifts of the Spirit. You've got, um, you know, you've got whether we are completely depraved or there's some aspect of us that is good and that we can do good works. Mm-hmm. Um You've got the church. So what is the church for? You know, what is our responsibility within the church? Is it the local church? Is it the universal church? What does that look like? Um, and so you have from these different topics, and there's many more, spiritual gift things, whatever you want to talk about, that start to form different sects of churches. So you're talking about, you know, Baptist and and uh, uh, what it, Pentecostalism, Pres- Presbyterian. Presbyterian and so forth. Um, and, and then you have the, the, where, where others start to sneak in as if they are a division of Christianity. So you have Mormonism, hmm. seventh day, seventh day Adventist, and then you have, Acts. uh, Jehovah witnesses and just kind of sneak in because when you become, when you're in a place where you don't understand what you believe and why you believe, you don't hold to the true doctrine of scripture or you're not even allowed to have clear debate about these things, uh, you know, then people are in a position where they can form their own divisions. Mm-hmm. So, you know, right now we're going to talk about a topic that is frequently discussed in the church. Uh, I think a topic that has divided people and, and there's numerous perspectives about it. So can you lose your salvation is what we're going to talk about today. And the, to the listeners, I hope, whoever's listening, they really think about this topic. Can you lose your salvation? So, G, can you lose your salvation? I mean, to summarize, no. You cannot <laughs> lose your salvation. That's one word summary. That's it, guys. That's uh, one word just give a quick shout out to Matthew. <laughs> <laughs> in the podcast. But, yes, as a quick summary, no. Um, 
by my understanding, I was raised as a, a Methodist for the good portion of my life. Oh. And even though that transpired, um, God has always revealed every step of the way that no matter what was going on through my life, I was always finding my way back to him in a sense, but he had me held. So I knew for a fact, roughly around my high school years, um, when I started researching more, taking the word seriously, that I knew for a fact that my salvation was not lost whatsoever. So G's position, geology's thinking, you can't lose salvation. Larry. Yeah, man. So just a little bit of background on, you know, how I guess I've developed and, and God has um, enlightened my mind as it regards uh, this particular doctrine. I grew up in a Pentecostal uh, church, uh, very charismatic, and uh, as it related to uh, salvation and the security thereof, there there was none. Um, you know, you could be saved today and, and not saved, you know, by tonight. Um, there was no threshold per se. Um, you know, it was, I guess, in the mind of the beholder. You know, um, so there was a lot of getting saved and then going back to, to the altar uh, to get re-saved and saved again and saved again. Um, it was later uh, in life at when I met a group of young men who were uh, zealous about learning, um, you know, more about what we believed and why we believed it, um, that my, my whole, um, I guess, all my presuppositions were, were challenged and my paradigms were shift, mm-hmm. shifted. And, and, you know, I brought to the table this notion that you indeed can lose your salvation, that uh, if you, you know, you can give your hand to Jesus in faith and then you can take it back. Um, but, you know, you look into scripture and, and having a humility about what you find in, in, in dealing with God on his terms, um, you, you come to find, um, you know, really quickly that um, salvation belongs to the Lord and, um, and that the faith that we profess in him, if it is a true faith, it is an enduring faith. It is a persevering faith. Um, and then in that transaction where you are where you are uh, made alive and you respond in faith, mm-hmm. and God gives you himself in the, fo- in the uh, form of the third person of the Trinity, the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit, uh, that you know, serves as your guarantee. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it was that passage of scripture, Ephesians 1, 13, that really uh, rocked my world. And, uh, and I've stood on this passage uh, and others within the, the context of the whole of scripture uh, that has me rooted um, in the notion that you cannot lose your salvation because you didn't save yourself. God saved you, mm-hmm. and he uh, cannot lose uh, a Christian. To, to really dive into that understanding of whether we can lose salvation, there's two points that we have to, I think, address as we, as we create the building blocks for it. Um, the first is what is what are we needing to be saved from Mm -hmm. i think that's important to know i think some of the people listening are thinking this word salvation that we keep hearing saving from what so we have to get that down and then second before knowing whether we can lose it how do we get it to begin with Mm 
So those are two building blocks that we need to know. What are we being saved from? Uh, what is the process of being saved? So how are we ultimately being saved? And then finally being able to determine based on those two, what is the assurance that we have that we cannot lose our salvation or can we lose our salvation? That's the point of what we're having in the discussion today. Um, and I think overall, if we just look at it from a high point of view, the way we respond to this topic is really a matter of our worship. Mm -hmm. And what, what I found in just kind of working with different people and different perspectives and some of the arguments I would get into people, like get, get in with people, it was who was right, who was most correct, you know, whose theology was most accurate and, and how could we uh, feel good about ourselves about knowing what we know. And, and it's not about that so much. I think more so it's where is our worship? And from, I think there's two standpoints when we look at the argument. Uh, the one is there's a human perspective, and then the other that there's a divine perspective. And how we respond in light of both. So as we go along, and, and, and Larry mentioned it earlier when we were having our side conversation, was that there's a sense of personal responsibility associated with being a believer, there's the human element, but then we look at the divine element. The, the what what's God's do, what is God doing, and the, our response is worshiping to Him. So I think mm -hmm. the way we look at everything as our faith is reforming, mm -hmm. not that anyone has to claim to be reformed, but as our faith is reforming, we start to see more and more and more of this picture that we are sinners and God is holy, mm -hmm. and the chasm between the two just becomes ever increasing if we don't have Christ. Mm -hmm. So um, so what are we being saved from? Uh, first off, we're being saved, just as you explained earlier, we're all sinners. Because of Adam or through Adam, sin entered the world. So having that unjust action mm -hmm. or having that passed down through man and century over time, we're now all sinners, accountable to a holy, just God. People usually always come to me and they're like, oh, Gio, but God is all loving. Yes, God is all loving, but he's also just, meaning he does not accept sin at all. No matter how small it is, no matter how big it is, sin is sin to the just God. So being in obedience to him, we have to obey him or follow his commandments just as the beginning started out. But what God did was he wanted to cover everything, all transgressions. So he became in the form of a man, came down as Jesus Christ, and superseded all the laws and everything so that through him and our belief in him, we gain eternal life. He became the substitute for the penalty that we deserve. So we're being saved then from our sinful nature and our, our sin and our behavior? Mm -hmm. Our behavior, yes. Okay. So, what do you think? Yeah, man, the uh, the just penalty uh, for our sin, and that that just penalty is God's wrath, mm -hmm. um, an eternity uh, separated from Him, um, an eternity that is that is quite frankly hell. Um, you know, so that's what we are being saved from. Uh, literally, God Himself. Mm. 
Dang, that's that's not easy. When you think about it like that, we're be, we're being saved from God. And a lot of atheists usually always like to say that uh, that's the point they don't want to believe is because why would I believe in something that's going to condemn me or damn me to eternal t- uh, torment? But we have friends that condemn us for lesser things. Yep. You know, if I didn't. So one of the requirements for Larry to be here was that, you know, he <laughs> needed he needed uh, a red m M&M, a bowl of red M&Ms. Yes. Um, he needed Fiji water. Right. Um, well, what I needed was Fiji, uh, 85 parts Fiji, 15 parts Avion. We failed in you, that area. You forgot the Avion, yeah, but I'm did. here, you know, I'm we did. giving you grace, man. See, that's what I needed, because if not, <laughs> there would be wrath right now coming our way. Um, so, so, you know, that it is interesting point that in the realm of Christianity, of biblical Christianity, there's a reality that... Not only are we being saved from God, but God is the gospel. Mm-hmm. And that's a, a book written uh, by John Piper. Yep. Mm-hmm. God is the gospel. He is our gift. Mm-hmm. So in um, this book that I have here uh, from, from David Horton, The Portable Seminary. Can you pick that up? Uh, it's pretty big. <laughs> All right. Oh, there we go. It's right here. Uh, on page 179, it states, uh, you know, what are we being saved from? And so it says it includes sin. And death, guilt and estrangement, ignorance of truth. We're being saved from the bondage to habits and vices, the fear of demons, the fear of death, the fear of life, the fear of God himself, and the fear of hell. We're being saved from the despair of, uh, from the despair of self, from the alienation of others, the pressures of the world, and we're being saved from a meaningless life. Ooh, dang. It's a lot. It also goes on to say Paul's own testimony is positive. It says salvation has brought him peace with God, access to God's favor and his presence, hope of regaining the glory intended for men, endurance in suffering, steadfast character, and optimistic mindset, inner Motivation of divine love, the power of the spirit, ongoing experience of the risen Christ within his soul, and sustaining joy in God. Dang. You ever think about that? Like, I'm being saved from God, okay, but I'm being saved from myself. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That's a lot to take in. Like, you just pause for a minute and think about that. I'm being saved from my deception. I'm being saved from my heart that is totally wicked. I was talking to one of my dudes the other day. <clears throat> it's funny. He called me. Dang, I should have had you on 3-Way G. He called me, and he was talking about CERN. You know, oh, the whole oh. – Larry, you heard about CERN? No, what's that? Oh, all right. We'll put you on later because this is <laughs> a, to take up the whole topic. <laughs> but essentially, it's – CERN meant? No, oh, CERN. No, no. It's CERN. a project called CERN. Uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll put you on later. But uh, he called me, and he was freaking out. He was just like, Mike, have you heard about this thing? So he started asking me questions before he got to CERN. But as he was asking me these questions, I already knew, and I cut him off. I was like, I already know what you're going to tell me. He's like, no, but you got to understand this and that. And he was telling me about how the Bible has been changed. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you know, and all these things are changing, and, and we don't even know it. We're going into this new dimension. He started saying all this stuff, and I just said, time out time out what are you talking about 
He's been watching too much Stranger Things. <laughs> <laughs> Stranger, Stranger Things is pretty good. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> and and he started freaking out, and I and I said, "Time out." So we had to revisit scripture. We had to revisit all the things that mm-hmm. you and I remember that night. We were just we kind of hanging out. Yeah. And we were talking about it. Um, and and one of the the things that it just kind of reminded me of is the reality that in Christ we have security because mm-hmm. we're so easily deceived by ourselves yep like we want to believe so one of the things in the whole certain controversy is like uh I, see i don't get too deep into it but uh I essentially mean, you can go with the biblical account where the the well, no, wolf no, no, no. and the well i won't even go in there I'll, I'll go very light so uh the chick-fil-a logo okay so they'll say you know the chick-fil-a logo until like yesterday was spelled a certain way but today it's not and literally, it changed. And everything you try to research, it's all been changed. But when they ask you the question, how was it spelled, and your recollection of it was a certain way, mm-hmm. they're like, that's not how it's spelled anymore. And they show you the spelling. When you try to do the research on your spelling, it doesn't exist. So essentially, what it's doing is tapping into your mindset into something that you're not really, like you're not really fixated on the sure. Chick-fil-A logo. Sure. But you're re- recalling what you think it is Mm -hmm. and then they get you they're like bam you see that's what you think but it's not like that no more and then you're just like what in the world that's just a small example sure (laughs) but they start using like crazy stuff so my guy so what's what strain are they smoking i mean it's strong (laughs) it's strong it's strong it's strong bro it's It's in the back room it's in the back room start analyzing super (laughs) analyzing stuff like that that cannot be done on a sober mind, man. <laughs> <laughs> like one of them was something like uh, Forrest Gump, you know, like um, something about box of chocolates or whatever. And he's like, that's not what he says. And then like and then they just changed it. But in my mind, like, OK, I don't remember what I said to my wife earlier in the day. And even though I've seen the movie a million times, like there's some things that might have been. So anyway, they leverage that. They leverage that to get it's the hook. So they leverage that in your mind. So that you start to question yourself, mm-hmm. and then they pile on all this other stuff that you start to question. Next thing you know, I'm getting a phone call about a fourth dimension. Mm. Like, it just doesn't make sense at all. And so... The upside down. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, <laughs> what in the world? So, anyway, I say that, again, because we're in this place where we're easily deceived. We deceive ourselves and, and, and we long for the things that will bring us self-worship. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Like when we, mm-hmm. when we think about Christianity as a whole and all the objections and all this stuff that, you know, attacks that Christianity has, if you just pull, peel back all the layers and you, we can't dismiss Christian history. We can't dismiss nope. that there were Christians that supported slave trade. We can't dismiss that there were wars fought in the name of God. Mm -hmm. We cannot dismiss that there was just all these things uh, involving those who claim to be Christian. Mm -hmm. But pulling those aside and looking at Scripture for what it is, the person of Jesus, the doctrine of Scripture, not those who interpreted Scripture, but Mm -hmm. the doctrine of Scripture, it's a selfless, absolutely selfless, totally worshiping a holy God religion. But we want a self-exalting religion. We want mm-hmm. the atheism. We want Islam. Sure. 
we want to be in a position where we can say, you owe me. Like, Larry, you owe me. I did all these things, and at the end of the day, you said you were going to give this me. You owe me. I mean, what does that leave us as people when we have that mindset? Like, how do we turn ourselves around? How is that possible that we can physically turn ourselves around to say, you know what, I'm going to be totally selfless and say I'm giving all credit to God for, for his grace? I mean, it's only, it's only to uh, Jesus. Jesus can be the only one that saves us. Um, I do have uh, a quote I want to say after this, but um, salvation is an act of God where an unregenerated sinner is washed, renewed, and born again by the Holy Spirit. That needs to be clarified right from the get-go. Like, uh, we can always be talking about various things about uh, salvation or saved or that God needs to save me or that I will save myself and a lot of things, but ultimately, only God can save us, meaning it's God that pulls us from that darkness, that emptiness. But why? Why is it only God that can save us? Because every other religion, every other worldview doesn't even have to be categorized as religion, even though it's still religion. Mm -hmm. All worldviews are, are self-salvation doctrines aside from Christianity. Why does God need to save us? If 90-something percent of all world religions say this is... We, we ultimately need to be accountable for ourselves. Why is that? Because he's the only one that can. But why? Well, it's based on, you know, his attribute of perfection, uh, attributes of holiness. Um, and so even, so with the other uh, religions where it's a works righteousness, mm -hmm. um, there is still imperfection in that. Boom. And so we have to turn away from our self-reliance and we have to turn away from our, our self-reliance and place our confidence, our faith, our trust mm -hmm. in, in God really doing for us what we could not do for ourselves. And that's why he came to earth in the person of Jesus Christ, uh, the, the second person of the Trinity, lived a life that we couldn't live, uh, died the death that we deserve. Um, and through faith in that perfect work, we are saved. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And it's that imp imperfection part that, that triggers everything for right. me when I'm talking to people or just having that dialogue, it's the reality that how can I, so if we just compare world religion and we exclude naturalism and, and atheism for a moment, all the other religions are banking on this notion that I have within myself some realm of possibility to meet any kind of requirements that a holy God will have for me. Sure. Mm -hmm. So uh, someone who is dirty, unclean, imperfect, can meet up with a holy God. Like holiness, if we really think about that, like we sit back and we think, this being spoke the world into existence. He spoke the universe. He spoke time into existence. In fact, he is outside of time and space. What in the world? I can't live up to the expectations of my boss half the time. Sure. Mm-hmm. I'm going to live up to the expectations of God, a holy God to where I've done enough to weigh out all the garbage that's in me and then approach him arrogantly and say, you owe me this or you owe me or or, you know, all these laws that you made, you break them, you break them. So, I mean, 
like what we saw in the website, the evilbible.com yes. or whatever it was, terrible website. Mm-hmm. And and it and it puts God on trial, mm-hmm. saying, look, God says not to murder, but he's taking out mass amount of people. So us, a fallen people, and that's what's key, is that we are fallen, we are depraved, we are people that, in spite of all the good that we think we do, the standard that we are to compare ourselves to is perfection. And not just perfection when I'm looking at other people, right? Because I'm looking, you know, if I look at Larry half the time, as far as the way he dresses, I mean, that's perfection. You know what I'm saying? Stop like, it. I cannot, com- <laughs> I cannot combat that. No, man, stop it. But even in that. All cell rack, man. <laughs> <laughs> even I've never seen a wrinkle on this man's clothes, <laughs> but even in that, the 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 standard is comparing myself to another person that is also imperfect. Absolutely. So when we compare ourselves to other people, or compare ourselves by ourselves, we we will misjudge and misread, and we will miss the mark every time, which is the definition mm-hmm. of sin. Sure, and I th- I think it gets back to uh, something that was said earlier is that there's this uh, self-delusion that, you know, hey, without God, as an atheist, mm-hmm. you know, I am my own God. So I don't, you know, I set my standards, and whatever my standard is, I meet that standard, and I'm acceptable to myself. Um, with other religions outside of Christi- Christianity, um, God, uh, I can work my way into God's good graces. Mm. Um, and so if if I am good, if my good outweighs my bad, then hooray me. I save myself by my good works. I walk just enough old ladies across the street to get into heaven. I've never walked an old lady across the street. You know, I've never done it either. You should try it, man. (laughs) 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 So, I mean, but but in Christianity, yeah, doesn't matter, um, you know, how many old ladies you walk across the street or how many other good deeds you do, because James tells us is that when you fall in one part of the law. You falling in all of Ooh. them, and so it's just like taking a test. Your your SAT. You think about some of the biggest tests that you take in your life. You're trying to get acceptance into to college, and you're taking this you know this test. If the only way that you could get into college was to get a hundred percent on the SAT, no one gets into college, because if you if you make if you miss one question on the test, you get a zero percent. That is that is what Christianity is. It's like, hey, either you get them all right or you get them all wrong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the only way that we can get them all right is to let the teacher take the test for us. He gives us the test, and then we submit the test that he took on our behalf. Dang. That's crazy. Because without that, then, yeah, there would be nothing. Like, he would be mm-hmm. fair and just because of our sin. So we talk about sin and missing the mark. We're talking about God has a perfect standard. He created the standard for us, but because of our greed, because we want to be God, absolutely, we made a decision uh, to say no to him. We've made ourselves enemies of God, and so by his grace alone, only because he decided to do so, not because we did anything or he saw that we were cool or creative or smart, which are all things that he would have instilled in us anyway, it's the reality that in his total grace he decided that i'm going to allow you to live and i'm going to show you love to the point where i'm going to have to pay for the debt that you created absolutely so when Mm -hmm. we talked about um uh 
a couple weeks back or last week. I don't even remember. I'm, I'm, time is merging for me. Um, where in some instances of scripture, when those who were entering in slavery, it was because they were, they were willingly doing so mm-hmm. to pay a debt. Yep. So in our case, we are automatically in slavery mm-hmm. to ourselves. And in many cases uh, here in the U.S., we've become innately enslaved to th- our materialism to where we mm-hmm. fall into debt anyway. So we're, we're under just this place where we need uh, someone to pay our debts, financial, emotional, spiritual debts. And so God elected on only because he's the one who chose it. He's the debt collector. Mm-hmm. We owe him. So he decided, I'm going to write off your debt, and I'm going to pay off your debt because the debt has to be paid. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to pay off your debt, and you're going to owe nothing. Not only are you going to owe nothing, you're never going to owe anything again. It's not that it resets. Mm-hmm. It's not that it goes back to zero and then you go into debt again and again and again. He says, I pay your debt forever. Not only that, but and I, and I love where you're going with this. It's not only that he pays our debt, but he also deposits his infinite righteousness oh. into our account. Oof. So not only has the debt been paid, but it's not... It's not what we can earn and deposit into our account. It's what Jesus earned through his work, his perfect work. That that paycheck was deposited into our account. So there's no going broke. It's no going broke. And this is not a prosperity gospel message. Hey, well, it's spiritual prosperity. Hey, (laughs) hey. (laughs) But, you know, when when you think about that. So we talked about we covered two parts. So. The, the nature, our, our sinful nature, mm-hmm. the fact that we are sinners, we're all imperfect, we fall short of God's standard. He's the only one who can save us because in comparison to him, we all fall short. He's saving us from many things, hell, himself, ourselves. I mean, he's saving us from just everything. Now, can we lose what he has given us? So Larry just mentioned the deposit that was put into our account. Mm-hmm. There, I'm on this website right now. It's called Wesley Arminian dot wordpress.com and i've seen uh some of this before and so i'm just going to read off there's five views of salvation according to this website uh and we're just going to use this for the purposes of dialogue view one it says salvation is gained by works it is kept by works okay so that's view one gained by works kept by works so totally reliant on ourselves view two salvation is gained by faith in jesus and it is kept by our works. So the things you do good, walking all lady, old ladies across the street, you know, wearing uh, Larry Birthright's outfits all the time, you're going to be good to go. <laughs> View number three, salvation is gained by faith in Jesus, and it is kept by faith in Jesus. Hmm. Interesting. Four, salvation is gained by faith in Jesus. It is kept by decree of God. And then the fifth view is that salvation is gained by decree of God. It is kept by the decree of God. Five views. Which one do you hold to? Well, I mean, um, lucky for me, I was able to, uh, we we got a sneak preview into these five views before we uh, (laughs) started. And so, you know, you're listening to it. And then the, the question that you asked, well, which one? Do I hold to? I would say, uh, I don't hold to any one in particular, but mm. I would, I would probably hold to uh, some combination of a, a few of those. Right. Uh, not mm-hmm. the first two, 
Right, right, um, because the first two would imply that um, we could stuff. lose our salvation because we, you know, we need to keep it up by work. So right. both mm-hmm. involve us doing good deeds mm-hmm. in order to earn salvation. So those two would actually fall un- under nearly all, if not all, other worldviews other than biblical Christianity. Sure. Sure. So then when we get into the views that incorporate faith, um, view number three, salvation is gained by faith in Jesus. It is kept by faith in Jesus. Um, that sounds good to me. Um, the Based on this wording and this explanation, uh, I guess one of the potential slippery slopes is that, you know, you don't necessarily lose your salvation, but you forfeit your salvation by, you know, you know, uh, ceasing to have faith in Christ. Right. Mm-hmm. However, I would say that if you are going to uh, continue um, in relationship with God through faith in Jesus Christ, it is going to be by faith. Um, and so the other, the remaining views kind of discount the faith part. Yeah. Um, and so that's the reason why I would say it will be a combination of the, mm-hmm. later, the latter three. Um, salvation is, is gained by faith. But before the beginning of the time, I do believe that it was by decree mm. of God. Mm-hmm. And I do believe that um, salvation is kept by faith and also by decree of God. Mm. Um, so there is this, uh, this working out of yeah. God's sovereignty in our salvation, um, in our initial salvation, um, and our personal responsibility um, to mm-hmm. place our faith in Jesus Christ. Um, and then there is uh, God's sovereignty and decree in our continuing in salvation um, to the consummation of our faith. And then there is this personal responsibility aspect um, of persevering uh, in our faith, having a, a persevering, enduring faith uh, until the consummation of our faith. That's good. That's good. Um, what about some verses that we got in Scripture? Uh, starting off of. Uh, I do have a couple of verses here. I'm going to go point to um, going back to personal responsibility. I have what Jesus himself spoke about in Matthew 7, 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my father who is in heaven. Meaning that no matter what everything is going through, even with the faith we have, we still have a personal responsibility to do the the will of God. Well, even in that verse, you know, that uh, it, that's a tough verse to to uh, let's say if you built an entire faith system just on that verse, that one's tough. You know, that one that one is tough because you're talking about you're in a place there where perhaps those who claim to believers are not really believers based on the response from God himself Mm -hmm. toward those people. So if they were in a place where they were justified and God knew who they were, their names were written uh, upon, uh, or they were written in the book of life, then God would know them. He would recognize them. But the fact that he explicitly states, uh, I never knew you, or that he states that, you know, apart from me, to in the interpretation of that verse, it would suggest that these people's names were not actually mm-hmm. written in the book of South, uh, book of life. And even though they did all these things that were visibly, and we'll actually get into that in a second, uh, 
uh, doesn't necessarily mean they were in Christ. So, um, so that verse is tough because it, 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 there is the, 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 yep. the two viewpoints of that, but that's, that's a tough, tough verse to, uh, to like bank where you stand. And I know there's some people out there that will use that verse to say, you see, if I don't do what I'm supposed to do, I will lose my salvation. And the argument for that verse is they never had it. Oh, yeah. Yep. I mean, that's clear. I never knew you. Right. Now, I used to know you, but you started acting up. You messed up. up. <laughs> right. No, it's I never knew you. Right. So I think we have to take, you know, scripture mm-hmm. at its word. Um, if God says, I, I, or Jesus says, I never knew you, he, he never knew you. Um, again, like in uh, Ephesians 1, 13, um, you know, says that when you have the Holy Spirit, it's it's your guarantee, mm-hmm. you know, that that your inheritance is is on the way. Um, and so if we're taking God at his word and he's guaranteeing it, he's not. this is not a conditional statement like, well, it's guaranteed upon condition of something that you're doing. Like, no, this is what I am doing and I am guaranteeing for my name's sake. And so based on based on who I am, you can count it. You can bank on it. You can count it done. Hank Hanegraaff, I have to go back to this like every episode because I found this just laying around and it's a it's a gem uh, in in his book titled The Bible Answer Book uh, in on page 26. He talks about can Christians lose their salvation? And this kind of ties right into the verse that G just read. Uh, it says, first, outward appearances can be deceiving. Consider Judas for three years. He was part of Christ's inner circle. From all outward appearances, he was a true follower of Christ. So if you think about all the things that the disciples were part of and the crew that they rolled with, you look at him, you're like, that dude's a Christian. Yet Jesus characterized Judas as a devil in John 6, verse 70. The book of Hebrews warns us that there were Jews who, like Judas, tasted God's goodness and yet turned from his grace. They acknowledged Christ with their lips, but their apostasy proved that their faith was not real. And I think that's where that verse would be would be uh, in Matthew chapter 7. That would be navigating that direction to say, although the appearances, they did miracles and they spoke in his name and they did some big things. And, and there's plenty of that we're seeing now. Mm-hmm. I mean, people can, can build insane structures. We have really good businessmen out there that are that are establishing i mean well thought out well oiled machines of of congregations and i don't know like you the outward appearance is that it's all good but it it's tough it's tough when you look at the theology it's tough when you look Mm -hmm. at um the worship and not i'm not talking about the worship service or the music i'm talking about the actual worship of the individual of the people who who go the conviction of sin um, the pointing of uh, to Christ, um, it, it's tough. There can be some questioning out there. Yeah, man. I, I think that um, th- another passage that, that kind of ties into that is, uh, I think it's First John two nineteen. Um, you got that there, G? Yeah. So uh, not th- on this. One. Yeah, they were they were of us, and then they they got went it out from right. Us. Yeah. Yep. So um, b- basically, at the end of that that verse is just basically saying they went out from us to make plain or to manifest that they were never of us uh, to begin with. So mm-hmm. I, I always, you know, as I'm having this conversation with different people, I tell them that, you know, this salvation is, is you, if you are saved, you're going to manifest whether or not you are truly saved or not. 
Um, meaning that if you have an enduring faith, then it's going to manifest that from the time that you, you know, you professed mm-hmm. uh, salvation, you profess uh, faith in Christ, that's, it's going to, it's going to manifest itself out throughout the course of, you know, your Christian walk. But if you're, if what you professed was counterfeit, uh, to use the words of Paul, then that's also going to manifest itself. Oh. And it's, it's going to come out in the wash. Um, it's going to come out in your work. It's going to come out in your fruits. And so um, I think that that goes into, you know, there is something there with those those guys, you know, in, in um, Matthew 7 um, yeah. that, that, you know, that was counterfeit from the beginning. Right. Yep. Um, and that there is something that was there with those false teachers that John was referring to from the beginning. But in it, in it eventually manifests itself that, hey, these people who were claiming to be saved were, were walking in the faith for a little while. They, they were not they were not genuine. Mm. I mean, and that's what I was opening up to, uh, expecting you guys to pick it in. But um, that's exactly what it is. Uh, we have a lot of people who profess they're Christians. And just like I go back to that quote, uh, I've said it like four or five episodes already. But there was a, a preacher that said, just because you sit in the garage does not mean that you are a car. So just because you've been raised in the church, just because you've been hearing sound doctrine does not mean necessarily that you are a Christian. And that you could see it by your fruits. Uh, Jesus spoke about it a lot with the figs and thorn bristles um, in Matthew, going back to Matthew 7 instead of uh, 5. I believe it was uh, Matthew 4, 3 or something like that, if I remember correctly. But he talked about that you would know them by their fruits. Now, he was referring to the false prophets, but that you could see by back in the days, people used to talk about Jesus a lot. We could see it in social media. We could see it on YouTube even. We see people speaking about like, oh, I believe in Jesus. Just because you believe in Jesus does not necessarily mean that Jesus knows you. That's, that's so hard. That's so hard. I remember listening to a, to a sermon with Paul Washer. I don't know what you know about Paul Washer, but Paul uh, Washer, uh, Paul Washer, he's yes. like, anyway, so... He had said um, he was talking about a, a woman that he was speaking with. And he said uh, she kept saying, um, I'm believing, but I just don't know if he saved me. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm confessing, but I just don't know if I'm truly saved. And he said, repent and believe even if he sends you to hell because he's worthy. And he asked the question, are you only seeking salvation for yourself? Are you only seeking salvation to accomplish your your own personal yep. desires are you seeking salvation because you understand your position in light of a holy god and you want to worship him and i think that is a key key part of this whole thing can i lose yep. my salvation the question is how did you gain your salvation and for what did you gain your salvation i have a quote by lewis burkhoff he says uh, grounded in the emotional life and t- it, uh, t- he's talking about temporary faith, just so you guys know, mm. uh, not true Christian faith. So he says, the people grounded in the emotional life and seeks personal enjoyment rather than the glory of God. It is not a regenerate heart, meaning it's not been changed. And we can go back to Ezekiel 36, 26, which talks about God gives us a new heart, a new spirit. And also on 27, which he allows the spirit to come within us. And because the spirit's within us, we now are obedient to him. And that's just a byproduct of what yep. he is doing in us. 
And I mean, but there's other verses that would suggest the other, the the you know the other way where you, where mm-hmm. people would l- use you know John three sixteen, uh, you know for God so loved the world that He gave His, own, his only begotten Son that anyone who believes in Him might not perish or shall not perish but have eternal life or may have eternal life as some of these uh, translations would give, and it's suggesting that there is the possibility that you might be saved, might mm-hmm. not be saved depending on the genuineness of your faith and so on and so forth. But in Ephesians, it also talks about that your faith is a gift from yep. God. Mm-hmm. If we're enemies for, of God, if we've uh, set ourselves apart from God, then for us to – so put it this way. God's the debt collector, and we owe him now. So I can pile up all the money on the table. I can go to G – and I can put all the money on the table that I owe him. Ultimately, when we peel back all the layers, regardless of where your stance is, if your stance is that you can lose salvation or that I've earned my own way to salvation or, or the other way where you can't lose your salvation, God is the one who gives and grants salvation. Either way, at the end of the day, it is up to the person who is collecting the debt to determine if the debt is really paid. So if I owe G money, so if I go to him, I commit a crime against him. I, I vandalize his home. I steal his vehicle. I come to him years later, and I put on this table a pile of money. I'm going to overprice how much I, 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 I damaged him. I give him $2 million in cash. It is ultimately up to G to determine if he's going to accept that as a full payment. It's ultimately up to you. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, it's ultimately up to God to make the determination. If we are to earn our salvation by works or if we're saved by works, if he's going to accept us as an offering, it has to end him. It it ends with him. Mm -hmm. He's the one who makes the determination. If he's going to accept, he's in no obligation to do so. So if we were to believe that we earn our salvation or that we can lose our salvation, it means that I'm the one who's, who's dictating against God or the debt collector that he has to accept my payment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You have to accept my payment. When Try that with any police officer. Try that with mm-hmm. any crime you commit. Try that with any judge. He puts you on the stand. You're like, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Okay. I appreciate your apology, but the sentence needs to take place. He's the one who has to determine, determine your sentence. Mm-hmm. He's the one who has to determine how much you have to pay, how long that's going to be for. So ultimately, it stems with the judge. It ends with the judge. The judge has the final say-so. So that means we're at the mercy of the one collecting the debt. No matter what position you hold, whoever's listening right now, you are at the mercy of the one we owe. Period. So let me, let me ask you this, man, because uh, I thought that was an interesting, uh, I guess, paraphrase from Paul Washer, who um, I admire. Uh, Shout out to, to Paul Washer. Yeah, man. So um, that was a peculiar uh, quote, though, man. Um, you know, if he tells the young lady, uh, repent and believe, and even if God sends you to hell, it's all good. I need to have a conversation with Paul Washer to see where he's getting that from. Um, the reality of the situation is, you know, the, you know, God is not going to contradict himself, you know, in his word. Um, that that sounds akin to, say, Islam, where uh, in Islam, there is no assurance of faith. God does not owe you salvation, even though mm-hmm. you are a faithful Muslim. Whereas 
as a as a Christian, we have assurance of faith. If I've repented, turn away from sin, turn to faith in Christ, believe, and it's not an intellectual assent belief, but it is a walking my you know walking it out, working out my salvation, you know, ever growing in grace from you know from one level of glory to the next. Um, then there should be an assurance, particularly if if you know the the spirit has borne witness with my spirit. Uh, all these things are there, and then at the end of it all, God sends me to hell. Was I reading the wrong Bible, mm-hmm. God? I mean, mm-hmm. so I, you know, um, I I would be interested to the hear the the full you know the context yeah, of I what think, he was saying. I think he was addressing um, like a congregation on the. So there was a lot, I guess, a, a congregation that was not necessarily convicted of sin. Mm-hmm. So when, as he was addressing the congregation, he, this was one of the points that he was making mm-hmm. was that, so the only reason you're repenting and believe is to earn, is to, is to get a prize in heaven. It's not necessarily because you really, like, you want a relationship with God. Mm-hmm. It's more so about you, and it's always gotcha. been about you. Okay. It's not about the fact that you are broken in in your trespasses is not the fact that you have been separated from God. It's not even the fact that you need to, um, or that you're in a position of damnation. You're, okay. you're in this place, uh, the book that G gave me, um, uh, Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God. Yep. Oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm reading that now and it's like, di- if you think there's a thousand ways to die, there's, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like everything is set up for you to go to hell. Like sure. it's just, it's crazy. I think that's where the thought process was in that addressing to that lady. What, and if, if I'm wrong, if you guys are listening and you hear that, and if I'm totally wrong off base, email me proof beyond reason at gmail.com. <laughs> let me know. But I think that was the context okay. of it was that, uh, it was, it was the reputation of people trying to obtain things continually for self gain yeah. rather than acknowledging the fact that I long to have a relationship with God because I'm a broken sinner and I need his grace. Mm-hmm. It's more, well, I don't want to go to hell. So God saved me. So I don't go to just, just so that I don't go to hell. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I think even to your point, I'm, I mean, who am I to mm-hmm. say if that's someone who's listening and they say, you know, that's the reason why I became a Christian. I didn't want to go to hell and God is working in me. I don't know if that was the spark that was necessary for that to come to mind. And then now they have the tremendous relationship with God. Mm-hmm. I don't know that because I'm not God. Like, I don't know the heart of an individual. Mm-hmm. You know sure, what I'm saying? Sure. So so I think that's where it came from. Gotcha. Now, also going back to that, sometimes what we discussed the past two episodes is people sometimes get the context confused or a word meaning, uh, depending on the translation. So we have in Hebrews 6, 4 through 6, it does speak about enlightened, but some people refer to that as being Christians, but not necessarily because in James, they use the word enlightened again, but the Greek word photizo, which refers to doctrinal knowledge, which does not imply necessarily Christians or believers. And yet people get that confused automatically just by reading it. Hmm. Hey, man, um, there's a such thing as hurricane season and during this period of time uh there is going to be forecast of hurricanes coming mm-hmm. to you know certain areas of the country and when uh whoever your uh, meteorologist gets on uh, your local news and says hey on friday there is going to be a category four hurricane that's going to devastate the area leave or 
stay here and face destruction, <laughs> right. you have been enlightened. <laughs> that's true. Now, that now is if true. you act on that, that that's true. on you. Yep. Um, and that's kind of, you know, what um, I believe the writer of Hebrews is saying. You've been enlightened. Like, mm-hmm. you, you even acknowledge that there is a hurricane true. coming. But did you do anything with it? Mm, there's, yep. a, there's one thing to, you know, even to, to know it, and I believe that there's a hurricane coming, but, hey, I am good on my own. God is saying you're not good on your own. You're not good apart from faith in Jesus Christ. You ha- and, and you can say, yeah, I believe that, but I'm still going to go out here and do what I want to do on my own terms. You've been mm-hmm. enlightened, wow. but it didn't profit you anything. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. And just to wrap this up, um, you know, the – I think the notion, the consensus is that we cannot, on our own Mm -hmm. terms, make ourselves in a position where we can um, be morally, ethically perfect. There is no place that we can be where we say, God, I've met your standard, because we don't. Even in that statement, there's an arrogance in that, that that we don't. And and true Christianity is it, it, at its core is always it, we're always being humbled by the graciousness of God. It's life changing. And and so you know, uh, knowing that we are sinners, that we were we are inherited uh, this this uh, you know this this nature in which we are. We want to not pursue God. We want to be apart from God. Um, we've made our, uh, ourselves enemies of God. And, um, and that the only way to even have any notion of relationship with him is when, um, you know, when he does a work within us, when he reveals himself in us, when he enlightens us to, to the truth of his word, um, you know, when he deposits his spirit in us, causing us, allowing us to live a life for him, um, it is humbling. It is not arrogant. It's not one where I can boast and say, no, I'm saved and I can go on and living a sinful life. That is not at all what it is. It is this is a worship thing. When I say I can't lose my salvation, it is only on the basis that God has been gracious. And my response is humility. My response is love. My response is, is one that I cannot take for granted uh, at all. So, you know, I hope you're blessed by this message. I would, igno- I would uh, encourage you, do some research on uh, Pelagianism and semi-Pelagianism. That's P-E-L-A-G-I-A-N-I-S-M. Semi-Pelagianism, Pelagianism, you'll see that uh, these are some things that, and some ideas that have uh, been part of the church and kind of infiltrate the church for some time. Uh, but just check those out. And, uh, and, you know, that's it. That's all the time we have. So, again, thanks to our sponsors, Matthew Movement. Check out MatthewMovement.com, where would you believe. Uh, this is Mike the Baptist. Geology. Larry Birthright. Our special guest. So excited. Thank you so much, guys. And uh, we will see you soon. Check out all of our um, social media platforms. Check out iTunes, SoundCloud. Where else we at? We got Google, Instagram. Uh, stay tuned for oh, our website Instagram. coming out as well. There I'm currently go. working on our website at the moment. So you'll be catching up all our videos and the articles that we have written. 